it's time to get your head out of your ass and start creating a life of no regrets. Whether you want to lose weight, get rich, or manifest a hot threesome on the beach, you're going to want to turn this up. This is Goals, Grit, and Some Woo-Woo Shit with your host, best-selling author and professional butt kicker, Una Duncan. Hey, hey, welcome to the show. Today, I am doing something a little different, overcoming obstacles with Una. It's basically a Q&A show where I've scanned through some of the questions that I've received in my coaching groups or via email, and I'm answering them here for you so that you can overcome some of these common obstacles with your health and fitness, and then proceed to your regularly scheduled program of kicking ass and being fucking awesome. So here's the first one that gave me this idea. Recently, someone posted in my MFA group a question about on-purpose emotional eating. So she said she was feeling sad, and she cried a bunch. And then after recovering, she made a conscious to go and make herself a cup of hot chocolate to comfort herself. And she said that this didn't feel like previous episodes where she had kind of eaten in a fog, and then she realized afterwards that she was avoiding emotions. This felt like a really calm and conscious decision. But she wanted to know, did I still think that this was a misuse of food. So I should just preface first by saying that I am not an expert on disordered eating. And if you think you might have a binge eating disorder, then of course, you should go speak to your health professional. But in this case, those alarm bells didn't go off for me. And here's why. So my first question to her was, okay, well, did it work? And she said that, yes, it did. It actually kind of made her feel a little bit better. And then when she felt a little bit better, then she went and sought out some support from her husband. So to me, I think this sounds like a totally appropriate use of a self-soothing tool. I don't think that in order to be healthy, we need to eliminate food as a source of joy and emotional comfort. I think some fitness professionals reduce food to like nutrients and calories, and it's so much more than that. Food is supposed to be a sensual pleasure. And like any sensual pleasure or any self-soothing technique, you just don't want to abuse it. It's like the difference between turning to friends and family for support versus not being able to function without constant social affirmation. I think self-soothing with food can slide into danger territory when, one, it's a slippery slope that makes you feel out of control and you need more and more of the food to get the same emotional effect. Two, it doesn't actually work to soothe your emotions and it actually makes you feel worse after. And three, if it's the only tool in your toolbox to self-soothe. In this case, my client confirmed that she didn't really want another hot chocolate and it did make her feel better. And she also cried and she also turned to her partner for support. So she used her other tools as well. So in this case, I wasn't really concerned about her use of food as a self-soothing tool. And I thought it sounded like she did a pretty great job caring for herself and her sadness. Okay, so next question. We just had Thanksgiving here in Canada, which means that I'm starting to get people asking questions about how to stay healthy over the holidays. And specifically, I got a question from someone who was nervous because they stay with family and they go to a lot of parties. And she said, I don't know how to stay healthy when I have no control over my food. And first of all, I get how this can feel totally freaky. I once spent a year traveling with a theater company. And we were often billeted with local families. So it was like an entire year of being an honored guest in strangers' homes. And they threw banquets for us. And we traveled to new countries that had culinary specialties that we had to try. 
And the average weight gain in our cast among the women was 20 pounds in the year. And it was a total mindfuck in a situation where you could lose your part if you didn't fit into the sequined costume that you had originally been fitted for. So fast forward now, it's 25 years later, and I'm in a position where I coach hundreds of people on how to sustain a healthy lifestyle. And sometimes my clients face situations where they don't feel like they have control over their food. And this is what I tell them and what I wish I had known back in my touring days when, yes, I totally gained those 20 pounds. First of all, consider whether or not you might be full of shit. Now, considering whether or not you might be full of shit is always a good exercise, but especially when you hear yourself doing all these mental negotiations about why you get to wiggle out of a commitment that you've made to yourself. People will sometimes say that they don't have control over their food, but actually they're using the circumstances to deny responsibility for the choices that they are making. Like, when was the last time you heard a vegan say, I just had no choice but to eat the meat? Like never, because when your commitment to your lifestyle is absolute, you figure out a way to make it work. You always do. I could give you examples of people who figured out how to eat healthy at airports, how to eat healthy at hospitals at three in the morning, how to eat healthy at Bubby's house. It is possible. And I'm not saying that because I think you that everyone should always be super rigid about having a healthy lifestyle. Like, I probably didn't have to gain the standard 20 pounds that year in my theater tour. But when I remember saying yes, please to the homemade gumbo stew in Louisiana, or the frites with extra mayo in Belgium, I have zero regrets about those choices. The important part is to own the fact that you are making choices not falling victim to circumstances beyond your control. This is a mindset shift that puts you in the driver's seat, and it is so much more empowering. Saying you have no choice, it's just kind of being a weenie about your life. If you are going to be a guest in someone's home over the holidays, I'm sure they would love for you to offer to bring a healthy salad. Like what fucking psychopath would say no to that? And no, they won't be offended if you don't want to eat the Ritz cracker cheese whiz casserole. If they do, that's their weird shit. They have to deal with it. Or let's say you're on a road trip and you find yourself like starving at a rest stop. You are not forced to eat a Big Mac combo. You can totally choose to, or you can choose the healthier options at a gas station, at McDonald's, at a Starbucks. I have a blog post where those are listed. So if you're interested, check the show notes and I'll put a link for that. My point is you almost always have choices, which brings me to my next point. If you truly don't have control over what you eat, you always have control over how you eat. Let's say you were in a situation where you really feel like you don't have a choice about what is being served to you. In that situation, remember, you always have a choice about how you eat it. Number one, eat slowly, actually chew your food, actually taste it. Enjoy the fact that someone else made this food for you and served it to you. That is fucking rad. Two, stop when you're satisfied. No one can force you to overeat. Three, have zero guilt over what you just ate. Now here's some woo-woo shit for you. I honestly think that food eaten with a sense of gratitude and reverence will actually affect your body differently on a physical cellular level. I mean, don't fucking DM me for the study backing that up. I'm kind of talking on my ass. It's just a hunch. But here's what I do know. Feeling guilty will lead to the fuckets. You know, when you go, oh, 
fuck it. I suck. I might as well just eat the whole thing or whatever. That, that mentality, the fuck it mentality, that is the highway to the danger zone. One freaking meal is not going to make you gain weight. Getting the fuck it's and then going into a guilt spiral and telling yourself that you'll fix it later or you'll diet on Monday or fix it when the holidays are over, that will make you gain weight. So in conclusion, own your choices like the grown ass adult that you are and enjoy them. Which brings me to my next seasonal potential head fuck, Halloween. (laughs) So most of my clients who are trying to get healthier, try not to keep junk food in the house. Sometimes they will tell me that they need to have junk food in the house because it's for their kids. And I'm like, really? Really? Your kids need junk food? Are you sure that that's not just a story you tell yourself in the grocery store so that you can have some treats on hand from when you want them? And again, it's totally okay to have treats on hand. It's even okay to use those treats when you want to self-soothe, as I mentioned at the top of the show. But if you having those treats is the start of a slippery slope that makes you feel out of control, if eating them actually makes you feel worse, and if eating them is the only tool that you are currently using to self-soothe, I'd recommend not keeping the treats in the house. And that's not to like punish you because you're so bad, but it's because when you do that, you're going to start to experiment with methods of self-soothing and my lovely friend. Figuring that out, that is the real work. Substituting carrot sticks instead of chocolate for a snack because some fucking trainer told you to is just following orders. It's just checking a box. Getting to know yourself and what actually makes you feel good and adding more self-soothing tools to your toolbox, that is the real work. The kind of real effort that's going to make a big freaking difference in your life especially around Halloween, when pretty much all of us have chocolate around the house, unless you're one of those households that gives out toothbrushes. And in that case, I don't know, man, maybe you should be the one doing the health and wellness podcast. If that's not you, chances are that in the next coming weeks, you are going to have in your house a bunch of little tiny Kit Kats and tiny arrow bars and the ultimate even single serving Reese's peanut butter cups. And for some people, this is a mental minefield. They will spend all day pretending that they're not thinking about the candy, mentally counting how much they've had and whether it's acceptable to have another. And for other people, it will have like zero charge. It will feel about as emotional as the fact that they have an open box of baking soda in their fridge. Like they won't think about it at all. So how do you change your emotional charge around Halloween candy if it's a mental minefield for you? Hey, hey, if you're liking this podcast, you might also like my book, Healthy as Fuck. It's an international bestseller and available wherever books are sold. The audiobook is especially awesome if I do say so myself. And listen, if you go to fitfeelsgood.com slash healthy AF, I've got a ton of free bonuses for book readers. So make sure you grab those too. Okay, back to the episode. Well, I'm going to start by quoting Tony Robbins, who says that our emotions are always the result of three things, our physiology, our focus, and the meaning we assign to things. So physiology, this is the lowest hanging fruit. If you want to change your emotional state, it is really hard to be happy if you are slumping forward, if you're frowning, if you're hunching up your shoulders, et cetera, et cetera. On the other hand, it's really hard to be bummed if you're smiling and doing the humpty hump, which by the way, is something I'm working on right now. I'm following an Instagram account that teaches old school hip hop moves and I'm obsessed. Once I ma- master the Aunt Viv, I'll post a video for you. 
Okay, which by the way, is an example of me choosing my focus. A lot of people scroll Instagram and they focus on how everyone else has a nicer body than them or a nicer house or they're always on vacation and how do they afford that? Some people focus on calling people out and getting offended. Some people focus on how much and likes their competitors have and how they should be doing a better job at social media. Like right now, you could focus on the fact that there are wars happening internationally. The fact that you just got cut off in traffic. You could focus on your work stress. Or you could focus on the peacefulness of the room that you are in right now. The fact that your feet are fully supported by the ground. The fact that the sun is shining and you have a cozy bed to sleep And finally, you can change your emotions by deciding on the meaning of the events in your life. So let's say you gained five pounds. The meaning that you ascribe to that feelings about it. Maybe you give that a meaning that you failed in your attempts to lose weight, you lack character, or maybe there's something physically wrong with you that needs checking out and then you start getting anxious about that. Or maybe those five pounds mean that you are building muscle and you are right on track with your goals. Or maybe it could mean that your period is coming right on schedule and your reproductive system is working beautifully. Exact same data, you choose what it means to you. When I was a smoker, cigarettes meant a treat. It meant a break. It meant a a great way to connect with friends. It meant party time. Now, cigarettes mean cancer, uh, being a bad role model, wasting money, yucky smelling hair. My point is that by changing your physiology, your focus, what you're focusing on, and the meaning you give to events in your life, you can change how you feel. So let's apply this to Halloween candy. First of all, manage your physiology. My guess is that the candy seems much more appealing when you're slumped on the couch at the end of the day than when you're bustling around doing chores with some great music on, talking with people. Now let's talk focus. What would you have to focus on to make the Halloween candy seem less appealing? to make it like even disgust you actually. So for example, would you have to focus on like that feeling in your stomach after you've consumed too much of it? What about like the environmental toll of all those stupid little wrappers? What about the ethics of Nestle and the other big food manufacturers? What about that palm oily feeling in your mouth after having low quality chocolate? What about the fact that like the dairy and the chocolate probably came from cows that were mistreated and sick. Like, I don't know, dude. And and also like, don't get defensive. I'm just making shit up here. I'm not saying any of that to shame you. I'm just giving you examples of how one might evoke disgust. You figure out what makes it gross for you. Okay. You figure that out. That's your work. So I'll give you an example. I saw this work once. I was at an NLP wellness retreat And we were talking about the power of focus. And this guy volunteered. He said, I have an insatiable lust for pizza. Like I crave it all the time. And I feel like if there's pizza around, I just can't control myself. I just want the whole thing. And so I watched him get coached and he had a pizza. They ordered a pizza. He had this pizza on his lap and they coached him to deliberately focus on the parts of this particular pizza that maybe weren't the best. And he had to really like think about it. And so he's staring at the pizza and he goes, well, I don't know, this part of the crust is maybe a little bit burnt. And, um, you know, it's a bit cold and there's some oil on the top. So he had to really change and shift his focus to 
evoke feelings of the pizza not being so appealing. But he could also shift his focus to want the pizza more by focusing on like the melted cheese and smelling it. You know, our brains are so powerful. And we can use these powerful, powerful tools if we get intentional about focusing that power in the way that we want to. So if Halloween candy in the house feels like an emotional minefield for you, here's what I want you to ask yourself. What would I have to focus on to neutralize the appeal of the Halloween candy? And by the way, dude, this doesn't always have to be negative. You could focus on like how strong you've been feeling these days or that you consider yourself a bit of a foodie and you wouldn't touch that low quality chocolate. And there's so many yummier alternatives. You could focus on your identity as a healthy eater. And you should consider what is the meaning you are giving Halloween candy right now? Like, do you think of Halloween candy as like a naughty little seasonal treat, like a really important part of feeling festive and, you know, having the season feel really special? Or maybe Halloween candy to you just means like, oh, that's kid stuff. I prefer adult treats. Maybe it's like nothing to you. You'd be no more likely to eat Halloween candy than you would be to actually go trick-or-treating at like 50 years old. (laughs) And just a reminder, dudes, I am not anti-candy necessarily. I am not anti-treats. I'm not anti-self-soothing with food. I am anti-you feeling anxious and out of control and miserable when there's candy in your house, which should be neutral. I want to remind you that Halloween candy is not the boss of you. You are the boss of your physiology, which is the lowest hanging fruit when it comes to managing your mood. You are the boss of what you focus on when it comes to Halloween candy. You can focus on the parts of the candy eating experience that are compelling and delicious, or you can focus on the parts that make you feel a little bit yucky and repelled. That is up to you. And you can make whatever meaning you want out of candy. It can be an amazing seasonal treat, or it can be something you outgrew long ago. And by the way, you choosing the meaning applies even if you eat the candy and you eat a lot of it. You can decide that that means that you have no discipline and that you suck, or you can decide that it means that you consciously chose to indulge and now you're ready to move on to your regularly scheduled program of being fucking awesome and kicking ass. Hey dude, thanks for listening. If you like this episode, make sure you're subscribed so you can get the next one. And by the way, if you rate and review this podcast, it really helps me get found by other people who need some goals, grit, and some woo-woo shit. And be sure to connect and DM me at Una Duncan on Instagram and let me know what you thought of the episode. Chat soon.